feels good with y'all motherfuckers out there. <laughs> hey, how y'all doing, man? Daggone, it's your boy Titus. As of late podcast here in this Tuesday afternoon, man, serving you guys some some good shit, you know? Daggone, hope you guys had a uh, had a good-ass weekend, man. My weekend was straight. I got a little sick, though. I don't know where the hell this shit came from, as you guys can probably hear my voice. But uh, I'm getting through it, man, one day at a time. Daggone, just sore throat and keep me keep me uplifted with, with, with positive prayers and energies. But, uh, yeah, daggone, just, I don't know, with the uh, shifting of, like, the weather I'd be from daggone <sighs> cold. Sorry for breathing like that. For um, cold daggone snow-type weather on Saturday to daggone. Hot ass sixty degree fucking days. That shit is fucking my whole shit up, man. It's really messing me up. But um, just everybody out there, daggone, that's going through similar things, you know, get your medicines. Like I be telling you guys always, you know, like it finally daggone on track down on my ass. But um, try to stay hydrated, you know, keep your fluids, you know, just just. Be on point with this weather out here because this shit's so damn bipolar. It's, it's changing up on us to where it's making me sick. And so I know I'm not the only one that is making sick like that. But on another note, man, I hope you guys, like I said, had a good weekend. Um, my weekend was pretty chill for the most part. I got to chill with the fam and chill with uh, the homies and stuff. Um, ty- um, Anchor.fm slash as of late. It used to be Anchor.fm slash Titus Hart. It is no longer that. If you got old links, it is anchor.fm slash as of late. I made it the name of the podcast because I feel like I want to brand that, how I'm branding it. I just don't want it to be like Titus Hart. You know, I'm I'm the person, yeah, I'm the person Titus, but I want as of late to be a brand. And so to build as of late as a brand from like, you know, um, YouTube channels, the YouTube channel will be as of late, you know, the merch will be as of late, you know, I'm not going to put myself on, you know what I'm saying? That just makes more sense. And so that's why I switched the, um, the link to as of late as well. Cause that's what I want to be branded for here on out as that. But, um, Hey, power finally came to a close on Sunday, guys. Power finally came to a finish. Um, I thought it would be, you know, I wanted to be wrong and think that, Possibly that they would um change it up to where it wasn't what I already had seen for the past two weeks, um. But it was it was exactly what I thought. Uh, what they released the leaked footage of fucking Reek Dagon being the person who um ends up fucking Dagon taking uh taking what's that nigga name <laughs> taking Ghost out. And so yeah, it ends up being Reek like they like they linked. Um, yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. It was a horrible ending. I would, um, I don't know, man. This is, this is one of the worst. I hate to end it like that. I didn't want it to end like that at all. Um, I feel like I invested my time to just get disappointed at the end of the season. I'm very disappointed in them. How, A, they let it leak like that to where, um, it showed me already what was going to happen. And B, it actually ended like that. It was just whack, man. It was whack to me how it ended. It ends with Tasha going to prison and fucking daggone, you know, like Reek really doing this shit, but going to school, you know, because um, in the will, like it has that um, for him to get the money that James, a.k.a. Ghost, leaves for him. 
um, he has to go to college and have like a maintain a certain type of grade point average. And so like um, the police, I forget how they figure out that it, it comes back to them. But the, at the very end of the episode, it shows Dagon um, Reek getting ready to go to school. And it shows the mom who gets the opportunity with an old investor that was of ghosts gets the opportunity to work with him. He offers her a job, and so things are gonna look good. Like they got out scotch free, but then police come last second. That what that that cop that they got on there that sounds like Rosie Perez comes in and uh, puts it all together that the mom did it. And so Reek's screaming at first because he's like, "Yo," because he's he doesn't want his mom to go to jail, and he knows he's the one that she kind of saved him because she was like, "Yo, get out of here!" And like, cause she came in too late, and he had killed. Uh, he had killed Ghost by the time he had came. But he had killed Ghost by the time she came. And so um, she kind of saves the day. I mean, not saves the day, but she's just like, yo, like, I'm going to take care of this. And he's screaming because he knows he's the one who did it. But she's like, yo, just go to school. And, well, you know, I'll I'll talk with you later. Daggone, pretty much. And so it was a sad ending like that because I hated ending like that with Tasha. I mean, James, James Daggone cheats on it. If you think about it, how it just ends. She loses a child. Uh, she loses another one to the streets. I mean, I mean, I mean, for real. With with the other guy, whatever his name is, with Reek, she loses Reek in the streets. Daggone, she loses Raina because of Reek. Uh, she loses her husband because of Angela and Daggone, just him being a, a scumbag. She's in the drug game, and then it ends with her getting fucking life for killing her husband. And so, man, what a way to go out. That's That was a suck-ass ending for Tasha, man. It's horrible. And he doesn't he doesn't leave her anything in the will. He don't leave her shit. He don't leave her anything in the will. And so, man, that's what I mean. What a way to fucking go out, dude. That shit was whack. I watched a little bit of the Oscars as well. Um, watched Daggone Brad Pitt get his get his Oscar for um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. That was cool. It was cool to see Joaquin Phoenix get one for Joker because I feel like he did a phenomenal job. Um, he had a good speech, just pretty much paraphrasing what he said that this shit's just bullshit. I mean, pretty much he's right on the stands of just like this stuff is really a joke. The stuff that we really care about, that we you know this material bullshit, even though, to the escalation of really the Oscars. I mean, it's really just a joke. It was one of those speeches where it's like an acceptance speech to really like remind people that this you know don't get too invested in this bullshit when it comes to materialism and all this bullshit it's bigger things to be worrying about just being in you know just be be there for one another like what i what i be trying to tell you guys like on the podcast is just you know don't let this world try to get the best of you don't let this shit whatever you're going through at a certain moment and and time don't let it dag on weigh on you down and like make you a bad person because sometimes you'll go through certain situations with certain human beings you'll you'll lose faith in humanity and so don't be like how i was like i was telling my friend the other day when it comes to just the aspects of loving uh you know loving somebody um i got so fucked from past experience past experiences of being let down that by the time somebody you know that's not my family i mean like somebody i wanted to be intimate with wanted to be into my life i didn't really know how to take that I didn't know how to accept her fully into it because of um you know a the situation I had going on in my life dealing with that accident and just needing a break 
and B, um, just not used to like somebody really like really being there um, and wanting to be there, like really interested in like in, in, in a while. You know, I'm, I'm usually a guy in the relationship that's all, you know, um, make sure that they're there for him. And, you know, just the lover in the relationship. I've been around a lot of cold women when it comes to relationship stuff where I was more of the lover. And so I think I went into a sense of where. I became a little bit more cold because I felt like that's just the direction I wanted to go. I was just like, man, I didn't even see myself doing relationship shit no more, to be honest with you. I was just like, I'm just going to, like, fuck it, you know, like, thug it out, make a lot of money, and, like, just be there for my family. But you never know the direction that the Lord puts you in. You know, I, I guess deep down he knows the desires of my heart and knows that um, that's what I want, and I think that's what he wants. It's just, like, to me, it would be all the way around around it. And I think what coming that with that is having money, you know, having money, being financially stable, but at the same time being responsible and enough, be responsible and being a lover to those that that love you, and really being like, you know, a, a good man to a woman, and like I feel like this woman needs me just like I need her. She's meant to be in my life, and she deserves somebody like that. And so we'll see that we'll see where that goes, guys, in the aspect of that, and just dealing with life like I was saying, um, you know, don't let past experiences weigh you down to where you don't trust people no more because it's still whether it's what i'm talking about or just in the aspects of just you know your dreams or like um um friendships and stuff like that you know you may have a bunch of suck-ass friends at this moment and you're going to a stage where i had to go where i had to recycle myself and like get closer to god and get people in my life that i felt like actually gave a fuck and like it took some time because you, you know, like I said, you get dehumanized and you isolate yourself so much to where you you don't know how to be a human again. But I'm telling you guys, you know, just keep your heart open and, um, you know, the right people will come into your life, whether it's a situation, an opportunity, just be prepared for it. You know, always be prepared and always have your heart open and you'll be fine. On that note, um, I wanted to talk about elaborate because I've seen um, I've been seeing a lot of little uh snippets and i seen of course the video that they released with with drake and future um that i really fuck with i fuck with the the music video that they released earlier and um i feel like they're there in the hope and it's definitely in talks that they are going to release um i wanted to what a time to be alive part two and so i wanted to get into collaborations today dealing with like my favorite collaboration albums and um like i said um Anchor.fm slash as of late and um, Titus J704 is my Instagram. Let me know some of you guys' favorites. Like I always say, I'm more than happy to like talk to you guys. Um, leave me a message on the on like I said, Anchor.fm um, slash as of late or Titus J704. Let me know some of the ones if you don't hear your favorite ones that you grew up on or that you heard as of recent because some of mine is gonna be as recent as well. Um, that you listened to and was like, man, that was a good collaboration. Cats that are not in groups, of of course, you know, that weren't in groups together but made good collaborative ad- albums together. I was really looking at that. And so um, with that, I'll start with that. I feel like it got, it, it got set on a lot, but I kind of fucked with it. I didn't kind of fuck with it. I fucked with it hard when it came out. And that's the What a Time to Be Alive, the first project that Future and Drake did. I fucked with that shit hard. I don't know when it came out. I can't remember the exact date. But um, just, you know, um, 
from where your ass was at to scholarship to like you know the bag um trash bags like dude they had so many good songs on it it was just digital dash how it starts like and it had metro being a part of it too that was like when metro was like flaming he's still flaming but like when like all you heard on the radio was fucking metro booming and so i feel like that was a good joint collaborative project that i really appreciated and really dug into, you know, it really got me into the mood to go out, got me in the mood to like, you know, um, you know, good driving music as well, you know. I really fucked with that shit hard. And so that's on my list. Um, Blackout, Method Man and Red Man, um, I put on my list as well because I grew up on them and it was it was they were so good together, you would think that Redman was like which you probably technically if you ask somebody from Wu Tang, they'd be like, He's an extended member of Wu Tang. But um their chemistry together is by far one of the best chemistries of two artists that are not like considered like you know in a group like an outcast or something like that it's dope as hell and like i feel like from that album to just like what they've done from like making like a cult classic like um like um what was it how high like they're 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 because chemistry is key as well with some of these and like even though some of them are like you would never consider that they would collab to have like a good chemistry like that that studio chemistry is key as well when doing projects like this and that's why i feel like you don't get as many of them that we would like because sometimes we may think it'd be a good match but it may not be um and so i feel like with them it's always been a good match a good gelling and that album proved that with blackout um that's method man and red man next i have um on my shit that I fucked with hard, even though it was a short, short project, I was glad that they finally did something because it has been in the works for a while. Um, I mean, they had been talking about it for a while, and so it was good to finally do, do like, it was good to finally hear it. Um, you guys know how I'm a big Cuddy fan, so I like Kid C Ghost. Uh, Kid C Ghost is on my list because, like, it was just very, uh, I mean, excuse the breath if, if it came into the, the um if it came into your headset sounding funny like that but um it was just like kind of what i just did though it was a breath of fresh air it was just so much of like a kumbaya like good vibe good energy and kind of was i feel like i don't i don't know like i definitely don't think cuddy is gonna go all the way to the left when it comes to like how yay did when it comes to like you know just i'm not gonna do nothing to make like um Christian albums like that's what Ye's talking about but I feel like this album right here was kind of like the the transferring of energies that Ye did to get to the level that he is now when it comes to just like good good energy like like godly type music like even though it's not considered a Christian album like and of course he's still like sh- talking his shit this album was just a peaceful ass album reborn and like cutting montage like I I remember the first time I heard that fucking Reborn song, it was like, it was just so many like waves for me to where like, you know, it was so many emotions because it was just like at the time, like it was a lot going on in my life, like dealing with that. And so like from being Reborn spiritually to um, just starting, resetting and starting in something new, you know, I'm, you know, free, you know, that song, I'm free, like, just being released from stress, like, it was just a lot of symbolism in that album, where it was for me, for people that dealt with, like, anxieties and depression, like, I really fucked with that collaborative album, collaborative album, and I watched a complex episode with, um, I watched a complex episode with, um, 
with Cuddy, and he was with a producer named um, Nico. Like, not a producer, like, when it comes to, like, music, but, like, fashion and um, a, a fashion designer and stuff like that in that sense. And he was saying that they, they're definitely, even with this situation with Kanye, because I guess because it's that type of energy still, um, that it will be a Kissy Ghost 2 album. And so I'm really excited for that, and I hope that it comes soon. Um, because, like I said, I feel like the, the, world, the, the world needs stuff like that, those kind of albums. Um, next, I got um, Most Def and Talib Kali, even though, like, I, I put them on here. I know I put them on, like, groups, but they're still technically, like, two different entities. And so I'm putting them on here for their Black Star album as well. We are uh, our Black Star. Most Def and Talib Kali are our Black Star um, that came out in the late nineties. Um, but I mean, those two guys always going, I mean, I feel like it's kind of like, kind of like what I was saying with, um, with, um, with red and meth, they have such a good chemistry together that when they, when they get in the studio together, it's just, you, they come up with masterpieces like that album that they came out with. Um, we are black star. I mean, our black star, that's a good ass album. I like their collaborative effort every time that they're like from tracks to just whole albums like how they did and so um i put them on my list as well um next i put on the list i i put um freddie on elm street um, fab fab and jada kiss you know that new york kind of vibe you know it kind of started i remember i remember i can't remember exactly the year but it was they were they would it was like on every Friday they would be on the radio freestyling back and forth to each other and I feel like this was like the start of this and like just if you're looking for if you haven't heard this collab album it came out like around seventeen if you're looking for just like that that energy that Jada Kiss and Fab bring you know they both have that New York gritty especially Jada Kiss if you're looking for something like that and you never heard heard this collaborative album um, I would. I would recommend listening to it because it it gives them, you know, they're sparring on it, but it's like in a good spar, you know what I mean? It's like iron and sharpening iron. And I really fucked with this album um, because it, it just, they, they were giving each other the best. Um, next, I didn't want to, I didn't want to put both. I mean, I honestly didn't want to put both because he just came out with, um. he just came out with one last year. But I feel like this really set it. So I will. I mean, I guess I couldn't put both in a sense with, with Freddie Gibbs and Mad Lib with Pinata. And then, you know, you guys, it's also the other one that came out with um with um the other one that they they came out with. Um, ben, um Bandana. Uh, I hope I'm saying that shit right. Bandana, Banana, 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 Fanta, Four Fava or some shit like that. <laughs> I know I'm dead going to. Um, the one that I started off, the one that came out earlier, was the one in um, 14, which was um, Pinata. That was the one that that originally, I feel like, built that chemistry up the way that it is. And um, that was that was the one that I actually went back to because with with the um, the newer one that came out last year, I didn't really um, know that they had collabed like that until until um and until that one that came out last year bandana came out and so what i like to do with shit like that i try to go back and be like okay let's go back to pinata and see where this chemistry really started 
And um, I can see, like, it's just, it's just good chemistry. It's good vibes. It's, it's Mad Live at his best with the production, with, with Gibbs being who he is, which is undoubtedly one of the best MCs out right now. And so I, in my opinion, if you're, I mean, Bandana was probably, I don't know which one is better. I would recommend listening to them both. I recommend listening to Pinata first, and then because that came out in fourteen, and then Bandana, Bandana came out, um, <clears throat> Bandana came out last year, and so I would recommend going with Bandana first. I mean, um, Pinata first, and then I would go to um, Bandana, which came out later, later in the, uh, later last year. That came out last year. Uh, next on my shit, I got um, Watch the Throne, man. Watch the Throne with with Yay, Watch the Throne with Yay and um, Yay and Yay and Hove. I feel like that was a good collab project. Um, I mean, it's I mean, it was. What what else can I say about that? I mean, from like, um, Otis, how it started off, you know, two two heavyweights at his best in their peak, you know, going back and forth with each other. Um, yay at his best, you know. That was that was yay when he was like rapping his ass off. Um, before like not to you know no disrespect to what he's doing when it comes to like um, you know, his his walk with Christ, but you know he's not really flowing like how he used to flow, and so that was yay flowing like at his best. I, and I feel like he make he could get back to that, but I mean, like some people have peaks and some, you know, and his prime, you know. Hove is still like Hove; he still haven't missed a beat. I feel like because of the transition of what Ye is doing, he's kind of he's being more melodic. So if you're looking for like Ye, I mean, if you've been under a rock and you never listened to this album, because maybe you're not like a, you know, a fan of Ye or like hip hop, you know, when it comes to that matter. Um, if you are a fan, dude, and you still been under the rock, I mean, this this album was arguably one of my favorite collaborative hip hop albums. Um, you know, you got two of the best, like I said, doing what they do best. Um, from the production, you know, to even the guest appearances from like Frank Ocean. Um, this was a well put project that I really fucked with. And so yeah, I'm putting that on my list as well. Next on my list, um, next I'm gonna put on my list is a the a collab effort from two of my favorite cats that um, I feel like their chemistry is always good when they work together. I really like their dag on. I mean, since Car Service, you know that song I first heard from them. Um, they always know how to select beats well. They always dag on. Um, they always know how to like bounce off each other well, and they're both stoners at heart. Is Wiz Khalifa and Currency, um, with two thousand nine. Two thousand nine was a good collaborative project, you know, with cats like, um, you know, if you're looking for like that old kind of like, cushion orange juice Wiz kind of vibe with Currency on it as well. It's like whenever they do shit together, man, like th- their vibe is just good as fuck. You know, a good vibe, chill ass beats. You know, you got Cardo on, you got Cardo got wings on it producing shit you got Sledrin, who may never been one of my favorite to this day songs of all time not just from Wiz just period and um you know you just got currency at his like being 
the the smooth motherfucking rapping Billy D Williams nigga that he is, and so I fuck with that shit. I feel like that was a good um effort that they did, and it was well needed. It was well needed for the daggone uh. It was just it was just well needed for that that kind of vibe, you know. It was well needed daggone from um for hip hop motherfuckers daggone like giving that chill vibe shit back. Um. Okay. Next on my shit is. Um, Distant Relatives. Distant Relatives is an album that came out with um with Nas and um Nas and Marley. Nas and um uh which Marley is it? Uh, Damien. Nas and Damien Marley. They came out with a collab album called Distant Relatives. If you guys haven't heard this album, I recommend it because it gives you the vibes of both worlds when it comes to that Jamaican vibe, um, reggae vibe. You know, Damian Marley is a phenomenal artist, and to mix him with the, the lyricism of a nice, um, I mean, it can't be unmatched. I fuck with this album hard. It has great, great fucking uh, songs on there. Strong, we, strong will continue. Tribes, tribes at war. You know, I recommend listening to this album if you're looking for a good mix of like that lyricism with the singing of of the Marley, um, of the Marley, <laughs> uh, the singing of Damian. You know, I would recommend this album. Um, next, I would say um, that I feel like an album that got slept on, I guess, because it was so many, like, it was so much shit going on and so many daggone um, collab albums that was trying to come out, that came out, that was kind of trash as well. But I really fuck with, um, I really enjoyed the Without Warning album with, um, I really enjoyed the Without Warning album with, um, 21 Savage and Metro Boomin' and Offset. That was a good album to me because, like, it mixed up. They had their vibes, to, like, the, 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 the fast, the fast rapping of, um, the fast rapping of, um, what's that dude's name? Offset. It had a mixture of the fast rapping of Offset with the combination of just, like, the, you know, monotone energy that 21 Savage gives you. You know, it can't be unmatched where he just raps to just like he talks, you know, like we used to call Birdman like that, like certified spitter, like how he just he doesn't even rap. It's just like, I mean, he's he's gotten a lot better at doing it. But, um, you know, it's a it's a good mixture of the two of them with like songs like Rick Flair drip, you know, my chopper, my chopper hate niggas, um, you know, rap saved me, you know, Dark Vader. I really fuck with that. That was a good collab album. And going on further, um, continuing on with with um with um Metro Boomin', I feel like people didn't really like this didn't really like this project, but I fucked with this project. Maybe I'm being biased because I'm such a fan of him. Um I really enjoyed that project that he did with Big Sean, man. I mean, it doesn't get talked about enough as well. But I feel like that was a smooth ass project. It was a good mixture of like some um some kind of I've always liked Sean and I've always liked um some of his choices, but I feel like when he gets with producers like that, um, like Metro, like it, it brings out it brings out the best lyrically with him. I've always wanted to hear him on like Southern like type of beats like that and art and, and um producers like Metro Boomin. Not to say he never has, but like a whole project like that, I felt like it. I felt like it was a success, even though a lot of people didn't fuck with it or got slept on. 
it has it has some good songs on there. I had the, it had the song with um um the sample from from um damn set it off on there. I'm in tune, um, savage time. Um, so I would recommend that because I feel like it got overshadowed and slept on because I feel like Metro, like I said, this was at Metro's. Um, not to say his peak is done, but like this was at a highlighted career for Metro where he has so much going on and he has so many mixed projects, collaborative efforts that he was doing himself as a producer. I feel like his joint project with Big Sean kind of got swept under the rug. So if you if you didn't listen to it or you heard bad things about it and that's why you didn't listen to it, I, re- I recommend giving it a shot. Um, next on my list, I got Swervo. I got the um, <clears throat> collaborative effort of um, G Herbo and Southside. I feel like it was a dope-ass album. I'm laughing because I went through a season where I was like listening to this shit heavy as fuck. And so like if you again, if you guys slip on this, I recommend listening to it. Swervo with G Herbo and fucking um Southside was a good collaborative effort, kind of in the same sense of like um kind of like how Metro was with fucking like like Offset in a sense because like Herbo has like a kind of unique, distinctive flow where he kind of he'll rap fast and then like he'll go out of pocket, but like get back in pocket at perfect timing. And so I really like his effort. And of course, with with Southside being like the sensei, um, you can't go wrong with his beat production and his rapping as well. Be on the lookout for Southside being more involved when it comes to like the other side of the mic, not just being the producer, but being a rapper as well. And so Swervo, I recommend listening to that as well. It was a good a good collaborative album. A good collaborative album. Um, next on my list, I got um, Huncho Jack, Jack Huncho. Huncho Jack, Jack Huncho is um, an album that was made by um, um, Travis Scott and Quavo of the Migos. I fuck with this album. It can't. I don't. I can't remember the exact date it came out. Um, but it is works and then talking to, it's works of them talking, hopefully of making another one. But from the beat production, from cast like Murder Beats to, you know, Mike Dean being a part of it. If you're unfamiliar with Mike Dean, he did a lot of stuff from back in the day working with Pac to like helping out with Kanye stuff with the my dark twisted fantasy to even a lot of the start from Travis's earlier career and he still goes back to him and lets him sharpen up stuff from Astro World to like anything that Travis Scott does. It goes to Mike Dean pretty much because he's like his sensei and he's he's like the bigger brother of, he's like the bigger brother of him that comes from Houston as well. And so it was just it was just a good mixture of a lot of dope ass producers and Quavo being in his bag and Travis Scott being in his bag, you know, like having that melodic that melodic kind of vibe that they have. Um, with records like Black and Chinese, To Eye to Eye, um, Huncho Jack, you know, Go, Dubai Shit. It's a very underrated album. I really fuck with it, and it gives good vibes. Kind of like in the same kind of sense, like how, like I said, What a Time Is, What a Time to Be Alive kind of gave me that same kind of like vibe. Um, the same kind of effort with that, like good production mixed with like catchy hooks. Um, you can't go wrong with that. Um, next on my list that I have is um kind of <laughs> it was kind of it's kind of an older one but I kind of I mean I'm not even going to front I fucked with this shit hard um just I don't know just for the simple fact it was just like a mixture of two different worlds and it's <laughs> I know you guys are probably going to laugh at this shit but fuck y'all it was actually fucking the um the Lincoln Park and Jay-Z Collision Course 
I fucked with that shit because like at that time like they were at their you know two it was it was very unexpected it was at a time where I feel like Lincoln was at his best um Lincoln Park was I mean you know at its height I'm not gonna say at its best because it still it still came out with great albums after that um Lincoln Park still came out with great albums Jay still came out with great albums but I feel like it was at a time like in the mid-2000s where it was unexpected and um for them to be working together and it was it worked it fit perfectly maybe from like you know um probably from like um what's my guy's name I want to say his name is like Mike Shinoda um who does a lot of like when it comes to like the mixing and like the production of Linkin Park to and like the 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 DJs I mean the DJing uh Joe Hahn um they're kind of the perfect mix of how they like have rock mixed with like like technology type shit when it comes to like you know um DJing and 808 equipment and so I feel like that was a good merger of having somebody like Hove redo his shit on something like, you know, like, um, <clears throat> like, um, you know, Encore and then mixing in their shit. Um, if this is a <clears throat> ahead of anybody's time that's listening to this um, and you're looking for a good merger album, I recommend um, listening to this, this album, Collision Course. It was pretty good and unexpected. And I was a big and still am listening to the older shit. Um, I was a big Linkin Park fan, and so I wanted to put them on there and give them a shout-out. Um, last one I'm going to do, I'm going to do Drip Harder, because I listen to Drip Harder pretty hard. Drip Harder was um something with Gunner and Little Baby that I fucked with. Um, it had, I mean, it had tracks on there like Drip Too Hard, of course. Um, but if you, if you didn't listen to this album, it kind of set both of them i mean they they were already like peaking but it kind of like set it off it kind of this is like right when they were about to fucking explode and so like from business to business the belly i mean um i want to say drip too hard was on there drip too hard i want to say was on there um never recover a song that they did with um drake um, and Tay Keith, this was at like a peak time where all of these guys were exploding, even Tay Keith, because like he had, he had that song like Look Alive and then like he's to start killing the game. He almost like switched spots with Metro to where like he just started taking over. And so, um, yeah, it, it was kind of the set off to where I really took them seriously, both of them, Lil Baby and Gunner. Uh, Lil Baby, I, I respect him more if it's like solo projects more. I ain't gonna lie and say like he was all the way under a rock for me. But with Gunner, I kinda slept on him up until this album that he did with Little Baby. And so it definitely put me more onto on track of who Gunner was. And I would recommend it. I would recommend listening to it if you never listened to this collaborative effort that they put together. Um and I think I'm gonna end with that, guys. I'm gonna end with I'm gonna end with drip. <laughs> I'm gonna end with drip for it. Um honorable mentions, I don't I don't I don't want to say an honorable mention because it hasn't been done yet, but an honorable wish, I would say, that I hope comes to fruition that I feel like everybody would want to see and it's been talked about for years is um is the Kendrick Lamar and J. Cole collaborative album. Um I'm still th- keeping my fingers crossed for that. I'm still hoping that it happens. Um and so that's on my wish list. If it ever happens, I don't care if I'm 40 or 50, like, I still will listen to that shit. And a a, a collaborative one that I wish would have happened that 
um, you guys just throwing this out here for like people that remember this. Um, do you guys remember when Daggone Pharrell, Lupe, and um, Pharrell, Lupe, and Kanye was gonna come out with like a super group and have like a collaborative album? That would have been fucking crazy. For the youngsters that don't remember that, look that up. Look up Us Placers by, um, I can't remember the name of the group, but Tom York was singing the chorus to the song. And it was just a good, it was going to be a good start to what I feel like was going to be something great. But hopefully, I say that to say, hopefully J. Cole and Kendrick don't do that to me and they actually come out with this project. But that's my podcast for the day, you guys. You guys be cool. You guys be blessed. Um, like I said, TitusJ704 is my Instagram and anchor.fm slash as of late. If you guys want to leave your boy a message or something, peace.